like this um like film on my molars sure. like whenever whenever i drink coke i can like feel it rotting yeah. my teeth yeah, and yeah, whenever yeah, i drink yeah. pepsi i can feel that less sure 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 so and pepsi that's, that's pepsi will difference. eat your engine and or your teeth at a much slower mm-hmm, rate mm-hmm. and that's same. why i prefer coca-cola because i love dentures and i want them yeah which is that, my longest bit that, yeah it is it is a bit uh, I was gonna say that's that's a familiar bit. There we go. I just had to turn you down. Yeah, because I was trying to convince Henry that he should just get all his teeth pulled and get dentures. Yeah, and just get and it were, over you with. You were arguing pro. pro dentures denture. are good. Will you move away from the microphone a little bit? No, I, just your head. You don't have to move your whole body. Well, because I want to keep my head in the same position. Okay, you were just leaning really far forward, and I just needed you to lean less. Oh, I should lock myself far forward. Anyway. I'm strapped in, baby. <laughs> Welcome to If It's Gay We Play. Oh, we've been recording. And it's a podcast. I thought we were testing. It's a podcast. Uh, surprise, we're back. Uh, it's still a podcast. We we're missed here. you. We're here. Is that your foot? No. no. That's your part of your chair. Um, Kai uh, uh, has purchased a very exciting item for herself. Yes. Um, but before we get to that, uh, this is a podcast. It's called If It's Gay, We Play. It's about queer identity and video games. Uh, welcome on our big gay journey through the... Ether. St- ether and the stars of... Tomorrow. Digital entertainment. Tomorrow. Of tomorrow. Eth- that's my E3 press conference, and my name is Hannah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Kai. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And, and you, welcome. You might hear the mic doing this from time to time, and I'm so, so sorry, Arian and listening audience. I'm just trying to get it in a place where it's picking up both of our voices uh, the most clearly without um, causing anybody any trouble. Never want to cause anyone any trouble. Aaron's not here, producer. Wait, Kai, uh, Aaron, uh-huh. Yep. Aaron's not here. Aaron is, I think, still in France. Is he in Berlin or France? Well, he was going to Berlin and then Paris, so he's in well, one of those... I think he's in Paris, then. I think he's in Paris. Uh, I think he's in Fran- France now. We just came back from a, for Hannah, two-week-long, for me, one-week-long um, vacation in Europe. Specifically, yeah. we were in Edinburgh together, and Hannah was in uh, Belfast in Northern I Ireland. I was. Uh, yeah, from, I mean, for, for you listeners, hold on, I have to burp. Hold on, I might have to burp again. <laughs> that one did not sound or feel very good. No. It sounded like something was trying to escape me. <laughs> the, um, the good luck demon. Yeah, the good luck demon. Uh, and, for, yeah, for you listeners, we've been on vacation for a longer for time. For a long ass time. But for us, actually, for me, the month of July, I was working my ass off to both get enough money for us to go on this fun European vacation, and also uh, because I was the only person at my job doing my job. Yeah, that's the thing, is we've just been, like, insanely busy. Where I'm the only person at work who does my job, but that's just kind of how it That's how just kind of part of the job. We're Suffice back. it to say, both of our yeah. schedules have actually eased up a lot now that it's September and Shakespeare is winding down. Um, which means that Hannah has more days off, uh, and I think that that trip was sort of the accumulation of our very busy summer experiences, our very working hot girl summer experiences. Yeah, working hot, hot working girl summer. Hot working girl summer is the thing. Um, we've been, yeah, we've missed you. We've missed uh, you very much. It's, uh, yeah, summer's not over, but our big long break is. Yes. It's still going to be summer here for, I mean, it is those for dog, the next three years. Dog, dog days. Those uh, dog days of summer. And it is. it will be the beginning of uh, fall. It's September now. Those cat days of fall. Yep. Uh, and The horse days of winter. It's like that 
uh, Florence and the Machine song. Remember that one? Yeah. It's uh, a good song. It was. I like sorry. Florence and the Machine. I, I also like Florence and the Machine, don't no, get me wrong. That's kind of an unpopular opinion. So, um... Cool people circles. Let's just segue directly into our segments, because I miss them, and we haven't done them in a while. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry. Hannah. Yes, Kai? What's the gayest thing you've done this week? Slash this month? Month. Uh, it's... I mean, it's been... It's been a gay I just, one. I really... If you were... It's just because we need to be, like, side to side. Do you want side. me to, like... On the mic, if you tilt yourself the other, I'm gonna pause. Okay. Anyway, we've uh, solved our conundrum. Conundrum of Kai. Kai was facing away from me. Was the problem I was having in positioning the mic so that it picked up both of our voices equally. Uh, there's my vocal fry. It's back. I know you missed it. I'm gonna open the soda. It's not a soda. It's a sparkling water. We just had a whole discussion we about did soda. Just have a whole. Um, so Hannah, gay's thing. I mean, I just feel like I've done so many gay things, like. Um, it's not like explicitly gay, but it is queer to go back to the place <clears throat> where you studied abroad six years later and reclaim the experience of that place for yourself. Mm -hmm. And like, I used it as this really like tangible, like it, it, it functioned as this really tangible, like physical metric for like how much growth and healing I've done because I was just like there and like sitting in this bar that's like my favorite bar that I went to when I was there six years ago in Belfast mm -hmm. and uh just like like being so like happy and like content and like just like no not even like even just little things like I used to just not know how to operate I mean I was 20 I didn't know anything I didn't know how to like operate in the world I didn't know how to like not nervously order at a bar. I didn't know how to like drink like a human. I didn't know how to um, fucking explore a city. I didn't know how to do anything. And to just be there like competently and confidently like walking around a city and then like being at a bar and just like chilling. It was, it was just really great. I know that seems like a really simple thing, but no. it was just the the experience of being in that place where when I was in Belfast before, I was like super fucked up depressed and I was like, Studying abroad actually sucks, and I uh, was just, like, in my room playing Borderlands 2 24-sev, um, and, yeah, so it was, it was a pre it was pretty neat uh, experience to, like, reclaim that for myself. Um, and then we were in a flat with... Uh, 13 of our friends. No, there were 12 people total. Oh. Remember, there was a whole bus Oh, that's discussion? right. Oh, my God, that was so Yeah, there were 12 weird. people total, so 10 of our other friends... Uh, from Shakespeare, and we were staying in a in a four bedroom flat with one bathroom, twelve people, one bathroom. The hot water broke on like the third day we were there. I kept showering because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, everybody kept showering. Everybody just thank God everyone kept. Showering. Yeah, everybody just wasn't very happy about yes. it. Yes, <laughs> um, but we're not monsters, so we all kept showering. Um, but yeah, it was it was just very like it was like a, a very uh, it was like. It was actually very drama free. It was better than you would expect. Yeah, that that sounds like a nightmare. Be, but it was, it was actually, actually quite fairly, good. Yeah, it was yeah. fairly. It was actually decently pleasant. pleasant. Yeah. yeah, I would describe it as pleasant. I would also. Um. Yeah, it was nice. But I'm just laughing at this entire exchange that you had with your headphones and your glasses over the past. It feels very great. I'm talking yet yeah, us. Well, I needed to take my glasses off. No, I get it. It was hurting just my ears with a lot of ways. And then I can't put them back on with these big old headphones on my head. Yeah, I know. Anyway, um, and it was like, as I said when we first got back, I was like, wow, I can't wait to have the physical energy to emotionally process the whole trip. Yeah. I did have therapy on uh, Friday, so I was able to like process through a lot of that. Excited with my therapist and gave me some like 
cool language for stuff and blah, blah, blah. Um, so all of that, I would say, why are you touching me? Sorry, I didn't mean to. It's okay. Um, all of that it's is so just accusatory. Saying, I don't like it. It was an accident. Okay, well, don't do it again. Don't make any more accidents or mistakes ever again in your life. All right. Uh, anyway, I had a nice time and it was very queer to have this big physical metric for healing and like prohibitively expensive self-care. Um, but boy, was it, I mean, Edinburgh was fucking amazing. I loved oh, it. Yeah. I loved every second. Oh, and we, I mean, we, we were at the festival so fringe. We're going to have, let's have a little, a, a separate segment called fringe roundup because we both saw a lot of yeah. things at the fringe. Uh, and the gayest, I mean, we saw several very queer shows. We specifically went out of our way to see queer, uh, theater, especially queer theater done by folks of color. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm very grateful for because the Fringe is notoriously a very white space. Yeah. Um, and it's also prohibitively expensive. Yes. To be in. To be in. Um, not, not that prohibitively expensive to see shows. Like, no. Mo- I mean, it depends, like, right? Like, we're in a position of privilege, but, like, most shows were, like, 12 bucks a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, I mean, nothing outrageous. Um, cheaper than most theater I've seen in America. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like, I mean, that's the price of like, I'm going to go see my friend's show yeah. and I had to buy tickets. Um, and yeah, so we saw a lot of really amazing trans and queer stuff. We saw one thing that blew my whole mind and we saw two comedy performances that transcended what I believed comedy oh, yeah. could be. Or like, it, it like put words to what I believe comedy can be. Yeah, that's a good um, way to put it. So, yeah, so that was my, the very, very, very brief summary of my trip, which will come up more. It's like, yeah, like I said, we've been gone for a while, but, like, this, it, we've just been kind of, like, going, 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 and, like, doing Shakespeare and doing this and this and this, mm-hmm. and then, like, this was finally time to, like... This was the accumulation of all of our hard work, Yes, absolutely, like. absolutely. And I explained to my therapist, it felt like I had all this, like, oh. And Tori's hunted an insect. Oh, what's that, Tori? Is it a spider? <gasps> Go get it! Oh, no, it's a mosquito hawk. Go get yeah. it! Anyway, our cat's got a bug. It's very cute. Go get it, Tori's over there! Go get it! Oh, she's so cute. She's got she's little precious. tiny... She's got little feet. They're so little. Um, Therapist. I'm gonna go just hold on this pause and watch the cat. As soon as we pause to look at the cat, she's the bug. The bug got away from the cat. She's not the brightest, this cat. She's not the best at hunting. I love her so much. Um, but the way I explained to my therapist is it felt like... Like, I had all this, like, potential healing energy built up. Like, I'd just been building and building and building. And this was, like, this catalyst that felt like... Like, I feel like I grew five years in the past two weeks. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, that was my experience. Hey, Kai. Hey, Hannah. What's the gayest thing you've done this week slash month slash whatever? I, oh, yay, good yay, job. Good I think um, the gayest thing that uh, I've done this week is is um, multifaceted. One of the things was I think both Hannah and I saw a show at the Fringe, not the same show, but two different shows that um, I want to say the phrase broke us, but it, yes, it but created in a uh, like uh, this uh, moment of intense emotional catharsis that I think yeah. we both have been craving and looking forward like to. Like practice. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! no, 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 no. Oh no! Sorry. Oh no. What's happened? I have no idea. Hold on. Okay. Whoop. Don't you dare. <laughs> okay. I think we're okay. It just, she just hit a bunch of uh, buttons. Buttons. I there just one handed picked her up and put her down. Yes. Um, those plosives, baby. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. Mo- emotional catharsis. So we were lucky enough, and I've, and I follow, um, I follow Travis Alabanza on Instagram. So I knew that they were doing a show at the Fringe, and I know that I love them. Um, and so we, I bought tickets ahead of time and like two days after I bought tickets, it sold out. So we were lucky enough to be able to, uh, get to go see that. Um, and that show happened at the perfect moment for me because, um, the night before, uh, I had just been, so the thing about the UK is, um, and I, and I know the 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 shallow layers of this but not the deeper layers because i'm not from there and i don't live there and i don't get to experience this on a daily basis but there is currently a massive amount of anti-trans rhetoric and there is a huge presence of uh trans exclusionary radical feminism there um and things are being published on a very regular basis in the news that are directly demonizing and attacking trans people Mm. so it's 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 a bad time to be trans in the UK, which is not to say that it's like a good time to be trans anywhere, really, ever. Which is not to say that everything about being trans is bad, but like, the UK is kind of a bad place to be trans. So I yeah. got harassed in a bathroom, um, and um, Hannah and uh, producer Aaron, one hundred percent, were there for me and stood up for me, and I felt uncomfortable about that um, because. I really don't like attention being brought to things like that because it makes me feel uh, embarrassed and ashamed to be, um, I don't want to say victim, like to uh, experience uh, transphobic harassment because very similar to a lot of people who experience harassment of any sort, uh, especially people who have been socialized by our society to blame ourselves for things, um, I blame myself for those, and I see myself as the person, like, the instigator of those experiences as opposed to the person who's actually doing the harassing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I feel particularly ashamed when people stand up for that, because I'm like, well, it's my fault, like, you shouldn't have to fix right. it. Which I know is, um, not true. Yeah. And, uh... Internalized after transphobia. Internalized transphobia. And after the experience, Hannah and I had a very long conversation about... Uh, that which followed and I expressed this to her but less processed and then immediately the next day we saw the show Burgers um, which is where Travis details how they experienced transphobic harassment in the form of a hamburger being thrown at them Mm -hmm. Um, and it is one of the most impressive pieces of theater that I have ever seen I would fully recommend reading anything Travis has ever written, number one. Number two, reading the script, um, just to hear about their experience. But they spoke directly to the fact that they experienced this harassment on the street, and it was in front of hundreds of people, and nobody did anything. Um, Literally at all, nobody fucking did anything. Nobody talked to the man who did it. Nobody talked to Travis after or helped them, like, clean up their outfit or anything like that. Um, and I realized in that moment that I am lucky enough to have, uh, which is not to say that Travis doesn't have people in their life that wouldn't do something, but they were alone in this scenario, but I wasn't alone and I'm lucky enough to have people in my life who would do something. So that was like my transist moment. It was just sort of reaching an emotional catharsis of processing some of that internalized transphobia and like 
thinking things are my own fault in that situation and really understanding and appreciating uh, the, the support that people in my life give me. So that was that was the gayest thing nice. in the past week. The other gayest thing is um, realizing through using a wheelchair in the airport that I don't have to be in pain all the time uh, while walking. Um, so I got a wheelchair, and I'm very stoked about it because uh, it feels very good, and I genuinely had no idea, like... It reminded me of before I got glasses when I was a kid and I thought everyone just saw scoreboards at sports games not at all like they couldn't read the the numbers it reminds me of that like I I thought that everyone was just always in a lot of pain and miserable and that's why traveling sucked and that's why walking sucked and then I was like oh wait yeah for plenty of people walking doesn't suck yeah walking is actually fine so I'm very stoked about it. And as Hannah said, my arms are just going to get so buff and I don't, I'll be mobile, which is very exciting. So those are the those are the two queerest things I've done this week, I think. Nice. What are you playing? Uh, hold on, I'm going to pause and save. Save. So that was a... 30-minute? Uh, no, it wasn't. It was, like, oh. it was 15 minutes. It was just a very... Um, I don't want to say solemn, but it was a, it's a serious and reflective gayest things we've done this week. Um, we didn't end up going to any gay bars in Edinburgh. No, It just we didn't. didn't happen. Which no, which was fine. fine. We did go to this bar called, uh, Frankenstein a couple times. That oh, was yeah. a Frankenstein-themed bar. It was, like, normie, but the decor was really cool, and there were a lot of, like, older gay people in there. Yeah, the it first was night we so were there. It was really fun. And then we ended up at, like, a fucking dance hall rave in the park. To, oh, like, yeah, that was amazing. That was so much fun. Uh, yeah, Fringe was amazing. It'll come up. Um, should we, before we say we're playing, do you want to talk about, do you just want it to come up, or do we want to talk about their favorite things we saw at Fringe? My favorite thing that I saw at the Fringe was Burgers and Little Deaf Club, mm-hmm. hands down. There were a lot of other wonderful things that we saw, but Burgers, um, I will share two of my favorite elements of it, and I, because I feel like I could go on for the entire episode about it if I let myself, and I just want to share just a little bit. My two favorite elements were, number one, um... Uh, Travis directly confronts the audience um, and uh, asks us to act and says, who in here would help me? And a bunch of people raise their hand and Travis is like, I want a cisgender, heterosexual, white man to help me. And then they uh, uh, define cisgender for anyone who doesn't know what it is. Um, Not transgender, basically, uh, is what they said. And um, they made a cishet white dude helped them make a hamburger during their show and they asked uh him what like his experiences with gender were and what his opinions about gender were and like when he thought non-binary people started existing and he was like i don't know five or six years ago um and uh travis like wasn't mean or um like cruel by any means uh was just like confronted those ideas and i thought that that was really well done and really powerful and really both universal as well as individualized because being that guy i what i said to hannah afterward was i was like i really hope he acts fucking stands up for trans people from now on yeah you know like i really hope that this moment is like the first day of the rest of his life or something in terms of that 
Um, and Travis, also my other favorite part, was how much they drew upon, like, the uh, history of um, indigenous uh, people that we would define now as transgender, as people that did not, like, fit into the fucking um, imperialist, colonialist gender binary. Um, and that theme that they regularly use has just always been, like, really really important, really good, and I thought they did it in a really beautiful way. Hannah? Yes? What was your favorite show that you saw at the Fringe? Uh, also one of mine. Yeah, definitely Little Death Club. The Little Death Club was the, my favorite thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was amazing. It's my it's my new drowned man. Yes. Uh, it was this uh, German fucking Weimar-style, truly in the, in the truest spirit and truest, like it was a true cabaret. Oh, yeah. Like it was a true Weimar style, queer as fuck, dirty fucking freaky cabaret. Um, it was awesome. It ruled. Uh, and it's like hard to articulate, but like there were several times I was just crying during the show because it was the happiest I think I've ever felt watching we this show. We hands the whole time. Um, yeah, I it was, was like, impactful. I was so just blown away by the whole thing. The production value was so high. It was like, a big, fun, flashy circus, but it was also just a really amazing, like, cabaret, and there was really good music they sang the whole time, and there was this very, like, genderqueer, like, contortionist and aerialist, and while they were doing their uh, aerialist um, performance, the, um, uh, uh, Bernie Dieter, the fucking, the MC, Bernie Dieter, was, uh, like, singing this song about, like, it just felt like a very trans song. Like, it felt like this very, like, trans and queer song about, like, being the girl that you thought you'd see in the mirror or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and there was the best, the single best... I'm sorry, can I help you? <laughs> She's eating a box very loudly. <laughs> Could you do that another time? Thank you. Um, and, uh... The single best. Oh, the single best drag performance... I think I've ever seen. Oh, that was like remarkable. This, this old, like, probably, like, I would say in their 50s This older queen, queen. Yeah, who was just, like, so, like, made it seem effortless. Like, she'd clearly been on the drag circuit for such a long time. Oh, yeah. And, did, like, all, the thing I was most impressed by, all of the performers had the audience, like, in a grip the mm -hmm. entire time. Like, all of the performers, like, had such... F, like I incredible control over the audience like the MC especially Bernie like it was flawless MC like it was it was flawless audience interaction it was flawless oh, yeah. like it was remarkable it was it was it was just seeing like I have been rarely privileged to see somebody who is just a true performer in that way that like this big tent full of probably a couple hundred people or whatever like, yes, there are bigger stadiums or whatever, but just, like, watching them, like, this, you are my audience now. Like, yeah. You're in my house now. It was so well done. Uh, yeah, Little Death Club is my favorite thing I've ever seen. If you put your butt on this microphone, cat, I swear to God, go that way. Thank you. Yeah. So that was cool. Fringe was fucking cool. Fringe was the tightest. Uh, we saw this show called Collapsible that I'm going to think about all the time. It yeah. was this one-person show. It was very queer. It was this one-person show about this person who, like, goes through a big sapphic breakup and, like, has kind of a meltdown. And, like, they were kind of the fault in the big sapphic... It was just very relatable. And it was very uh, 
just great. It was just great and like intense, but also like sweet. Yeah. It was just, that was very cathartic. And that was the first show we saw. So it like really kicked us. She just looked so offended that I put my hand where she was trying to put her snoot. Um, and uh, can you not do that right now? Thank you. And sorry, there's Tori hasn't had a podcast interrupt in such a long time. She's kind of, she's really hamming it up. Um, uh, we saw, yeah, the two comedy performances that we saw were not queer. Zach but were Zucker and amazing. Jamie Loftus. Yeah, Jamie Loftus, boss to boss whom is girl. And if you have Zach a chance, Zucker's performance of Jack Tucker. Of Jack Tucker, and there was a there was a subtitle to the uh, like the worst stand up performance ever. or yeah something like that. Uh, who both just like it was like. I think the thing I liked about Jack Tucker so much is that it wasn't just very excellent stand-up comedy. It was flawless clowning. Mm -hmm. Like, it was really incredible clowning. Like, the character of Jack Tucker was an amazing slapstick clown. Oh, yeah. He The first thing he did, he, like, ran on stage. And it was like, they were playing American Woman so loudly. Very loudly. Because both these people were American. And yes. Separate performances, but just, incidentally, they're both American. And he, like, made jokes out of being American. And just the loudest intro music. Just, like... Like theater of cruelty style, like amazing. Both a lot of these all were very theater of theater cruelty. Very theater of cruelty. Everything that we saw actually that we enjoyed used theater of cruelty elements. Totally. I don't know about Little Death Club, other than just like fucking with the audience. Yeah, I wouldn't describe actually, that as point. theater of cruelty. Yeah. I would describe it as Brechtian for sure. That was yes, okay, fair, fair, fair. fair but fair. this was very. It was so goddamn loud. And then he like ran through the audience, like getting high fives and stuff. Like it was his like hype song. I got song. the high five. In. Yeah, you did because you were on the end. And it was like his hype song, whatever. And then as he was running back onto the, and it was like like sirens kept like those like bow 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 sirens kept going off. And he he runs back up to the stage, and the first thing he does is oh, trip crap and crap fall entirely on his face. <laughs> it was, it was excellent. amazing. And he kept doing this bit where he threw condoms in the air. It was like he had somebody on a soundboard who was just live doing effects with all the dumb shit he was doing, and it was their dynamic. They were improvising off each other. Yeah, it was so so good. One of our friends heckled him, and he had the best response that I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, it was really amazing. Um, and then Jamie Loftus, boss whom is girl, was a one person show where she was playing this character called Shell Gasoline Sandwich, who was the most amazing like corporate feminist. Yes, quote unquote feminist satire of of a corporate white feminist yeah. in the world. Like it was this, very good. She's going to be touring in the United States, so uh -huh. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But she, she does, does something, something that I've never seen on stage before, and I need to see again. Um, I'm going to think about it every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. If you have a chance, because she said she was, because she just ended up picking several members of our group to go on stage. Because every time that our group was together in a show, we, we got, would get involved. Yeah, we got picked for audience. Like, yeah. not, we didn't raise our hands, we just no, got picked we for just audience got picked, engagement. Because we had the most... Uh, yeah, energy. Yeah, uh, yes, because we were a literal theater company um, who was at these shows. Yeah. And she said afterwards, she like thanked us for you know participating, whatever. And then she said she was touring that she was going to come to Denver. So it followed Jamie Loftus on Instagram. She's a treasure, truly. And she's going to be touring Bossumus Girl. Uh, that is just really. Phenomenal. And I can't wait, and I'm going to see it. Oh yeah, I'm going to see it. Yeah, she's great. So. So we saw a lot of really good theater. Yeah, I want to move into video our games. Our fringe roundup. Uh, those are the things that we saw. Let's talk about what we've been playing. What are you playing, Hannah? I'm playing a lot of things. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I only have one thing, so I'm open to either. My uh, thing has a lot to it, though, I think. my I have fewer things, or I have more things with fewer 
too. You go first. Them. What okay. are you playing? Um, so I play. I brought my Switch on the trip to play on the airplane. Great choice. And to like wind down at night. So I finally beat Spirits Mode on Super Smash Bros. I have hey. every character unlocked now in Smash. Uh, so come to my house. I've got every character in Super Smash Come on Smash over. Bros. <laughs> come on. I'll get you some Seven Up, and we'll play some Smash. Um, and I played uh, some Baba Is You. I'm getting very stuck on that game. It's like it's a very fun game. It's a yeah. really neat puzzle. It's getting to the point where it's more frustrating than it is enjoyable. It gets hard. Yeah. And now, right now, like there'll be times when I want to go play it, but right now I'm like, okay, I get it, and this is this is too hard for me to find enjoyable right now. I've actually heard that um, puzzle games like that. I don't know if you specifically would enjoy this. But I've heard the puzzle games like that are very fun to play, like as uh, as two people, mm. um, because I feel like we do this a lot in our daily lives. Uh, you your brains work differently, yeah. so there's like different pieces of the puzzle that, that like each get. of us could solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's ones that I've started, and I was like, I knew if I spent a half an hour like staring at mm. this, I'd be able to logic through it. But I was so tired on the yeah. plane, and I was trying to, like, I just can't be, like, tired or you high. You've also got less oxygen on the plane. Yeah, I'm, I can't be tired or high when I'm trying to work my way through yeah, Baba is no. You. And often I'm playing video games when I'm unwinding at the end of the day. Yeah, so, so you're going to be either both tired or high. Yeah. Or both. Or both. Um, but, yeah, I played a lot of that. Played some uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Uh, I have played the first two cases of the game. Yeah, because I've the played... The first game, yeah. Of the first game, yeah. I've played the intro case, because mm-hmm. I had to replay it because I didn't get my save. And I've played the sister murder case. Yeah. And this game's been out for a long time. I'm so not, not spoiling anything. Yeah. I realize now that I have two things, because I've played all of Phoenix Wright. The first one. The first one. Yeah. Um, you've and also I, been playing... Well, I'll get there. I love Phoenix Wright. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. It's a really good game. It's uh, a great game. I always knew that I would love it. Like, yeah. since I had learned of what it was about, I knew that I would love it. Oh, yeah. And then I just hadn't done it. So now that we have the tr- trilogy on uh, Switch. And it's so cheap right now, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many. We'll talk about games we're excited for in a minute. Because there's oh, yeah. so, many so many games, games coming out in the next, like, couple months. Um, but, yeah. And then I have been back on that Assassin's Creed Odyssey horse. And I am so actually close to beating the main storyline. Can you story guess, line. listening audience, I watched Hannah beat two of the main storylines. Yeah, but I beat one of them bad, so I'm yeah. going to go back and do it again. Can you guess, listening audience, um, you beat actually two of them bad? Because I think you beat three, all three of them. No, I didn't. Oh. I, I haven't finished. Oh, yeah, maybe. Well, no, no that's true. Did. I did. You I did beat, beat all three. three. I did get through all three. But you beat two of them bad. I beat two I beat two of them bad. Yeah, yeah. The one, there's only, the Atlantis one, there's only one way that it yeah. goes. You just do the thing, yeah. and then you do the thing. And then you get the big surprise. Yeah. The um, twist. That the was very emotional. The, the very excellent. I mean, I was very, very emotional. The uh, reminiscent of the L word twist. Well, no, just a, the character that appears looks like Bet Porter. I don't want to lead anybody astray. It is in no way <laughs> like the L word, other than the character that appears looks a lot like Bet Porter. Yeah, okay. Up, up to the pointy collars worn over the blazer. Yeah, it's it's fucking a it's a dyke dyke look. culture. Mm. So anyway, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, very good game. Excellent Can you video guess, game. listening audience, how many hours Hannah's pumped in? I'll give you a second. One hundred nineteen. And that's, I'm going back, so it will, I will have, yeah. and that's not counting the two hours I replayed, so it's really like 121, because there was that one quest that I did so bad yeah. that I went back and replayed two hours. And day. also, you still have all the DLC. I have all the DLC, and I think after that dinner, I think there might be more to do. 
in that quest line, but there might not. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I beat the the cult quest line. I didn't like the decisions I made. Yeah, the no, family you quest made them because they were funny. Yeah, I made them because they were funny. Exactly. The uh, uh, family quest line broke bad for me in a couple. Of, broke real bad for me in a couple of places. Yeah. But the Atlantis quest line was boring and dumb, and so I finished it first. Yeah. And the Sphinx one was great because I didn't have to fight it. I just had to do some 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 riddles. Some sexy some riddles, riddles and challenges must I face if ever I am to leave this place. Um, yeah, so those are the things that I've been playing. I played a tiny bit of Crash Team Racing because uh, Spyro. Spyro is unlockable in this current Grand Prix. But it's great. I love the Spyro yeah. Crash crossovers when I was a kid. Yeah. I think I got, I was playing a lot of sort of mindless games, or like I was mostly just playing a lot of Smash, and so yeah. CTR doesn't, they kind of filled a similar place in my brain of like, this is mindless and repetitive and fun, yeah. and I could do it while I'm very, very high. Um, but yeah. Those are the things that I've played. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the whole game, the whole saga, the whole journey, almost coming to an end, and then I'll do the DLC. Yes. Um, Kai. Yes, Anna. What are you playing? I am currently playing, well, I played one game, and I'm currently playing another game, which is remarkable for me. I'm very excited about yeah, it. Yeah, Kai finally finished learned a how whole, to play video games healthy. Kai finished a whole video game um, in the month and a half since we've last recorded. You're welcome. A whole five-hour video game. Okay, listen. Uh, I beat the first uh, Phoenix Wright game, and it was very good. I really love the um, sort of word puzzle, mm-hmm. like mystery, crime, drama stuff. It's like several different puzzle games in yeah, one. Yeah, and different, it's very so good delightful because I, um, you know, there's some stuff that doesn't necessarily hold up. Like there's some stuff that isn't super appropriate to say. Yeah, that is said. Um, uh, I think about trans people also specifically. There's that happens later though. Oh, okay. Um. And that was unfortunate. However, I still think that it's a very uh, good puzzle game, just yeah. generally. Like, it's 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 very fun and funny, and, um, you know, the characters are memorable and enjoyable. Yeah, and... it's, like, funny and tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, and uh, I really enjoy the, uh, the use of the courtroom mm-hmm. um, when, solving, when solving cases, because there are some times when... I know the right thing to say and the right thing to use, but I have no idea what's going to happen when I do that. Or right, what totally. Next. Or like, I know the yeah. solution to this puzzle, but I yeah. don't know how to get Phoenix to find the solution. Yes. It's like a double puzzle because you always know that you, the player, always know the solution from the first. Mm, not necessarily. Okay. You That'll don't always know the solution. Yeah, because it actually gets cases. harder. Okay. The first couple you cases, on. you know the murderer and, yes. from the outside. And there are sometimes in which I didn't know the solution, nor did Phoenix. And I had to, like, really think about what I had seen and Ooh, what could fun. maybe work. And I know that sometimes my brain doesn't necessarily work in that way, the way the yours does, so you might find it a little bit easier. But there were at some points where I had to really fucking think about it. And there were other times where I knew the solution, but I could not figure out how the fuck to get Phoenix to know the solution, so I had to look up, like... What do I say here to make right. him say the thing yeah. I want to yeah. say? Yeah, there was at least one time when I had to look it up because I was like, okay, I know what I need to do or, like, I know what needs to happen, but I don't understand how to do it. Yeah. And I've tried, I feel like I've tried everything and Phoenix isn't doing what I want him to do. My, one of my favorite cases was the, um, was the, uh, the, the, the movie star one. Oh, I haven't done that um, one yet. That one is just excellently done. And there's uh, some places where you use some clues that I think is so 
creative and unique that it's just delightful to play through and figure out how to use those clues and like I don't know. It's very it's very good. It's very it's a very good yeah. game. The other game that I've been playing it's also is also very anime. Yes, it's, it's very exceptionally anime. Like whenever he does his like slapping the Objection. desk and Objection. Yeah. It's just very it's yeah, it's very fun because it plays like an like an a fucking like old JRPG, but also it's a puzzle game. It's, it's part of the reason why I enjoy Persona so much. Yeah, I'll I like love Persona I love I playing play that. uh anime games just like Excuse you. Games that feel like anime. You are so cute and so very in the way. Um, tell me about the other game. That you the play. other game that I'm playing is a game that actually just came out. Um, what? A couple of Kai's days ago. Playing a brand I'm new playing video a brand game. new video game uh, because now I finally have both money and time for that sort of thing, which is very <laughs> exciting. What an offended animal she is. Um, just don't go here. That's the place you can't go. Go anywhere else, but don't go here. So I'm playing uh, the game Control, um, which everyone is talking about. Uh, I learned about it because I just kind of vaguely saw like a couple of Polygon folks on Twitter just say, this is a very good game and I'm playing it, and then like this is already up for my best game of the year. And I was like, oh, I want to play a game. That looks interesting. So just kind of spur <laughs> the moment. I like a video game. So just kind of spur the moment I bought it on the uh, PSN store and... Um, I started playing it and I was like, oh wow, this is instantly like being in Meow Wolf, reading House of Leaves, and uh, reading SCP Foundation, which is uh, an old creepypasta, and also sort of like David Lynch style like content. Like it's, um, the reason why I was interested in it, actually, is because Jeff posted this thing, uh, Jeff from Polygon posted this thing that was, like, um, reading the the lore for this game is, like, over half of the fun or something cool. like that. And I was like, oh, that sounds like my kind of game. And that's the thing. This, um, you keep, this, you keep talking, I'm listening. this game's, uh content that you can read or just see in the environment and then, like, zoom in and read is absolutely fucking remarkable and so detailed and so fascinating because the other thing is content that you find in the world can actually help you play the game oh, that's like cool. later so you'll oftentimes if you pick up the content and then actually read it and pay attention to it you'll learn something about something that's going to show up or oh, something cool. about something that you're going to experience um, or you'll get little clues into what's going on in this very confusing and strange and dark world. And one of my other favorite parts about this game is the main character, um, Jesse Faden. Um, you sort of know her, but there are aspects to her that you get little hints about but don't fully know about or oh, understand. I love that shit. Yeah. And you're both discovering the world around you as well as, like, the history of this government organization that you're in, as well as the history of your character and the present of your character, as well as all of the stories of these individual characters that you run into. It is, and not only is the story just sublime, honestly, I would, as I said to Hannah, I would read this as a novel, uh, like, and that is probably one of the highest compliments that I could give to any game ever, because Mass Effect... I would read as a novel, but it'd be more of a slog mm -hmm. than I would like to admit. Um, yeah, it's more like the Mass Effect create Mass Effect, not Mass Effect. Mass Effect creates like a universe that you can successfully set 
mm-hmm. not. It's kind of like Star Wars or Star Trek, kind yeah. of that. Where it's like, you don't want to literally put the story... But there are Mass Effect novels. We have yeah. them on the shelf. Yes. Like, you don't want to literally put the story, this exact story, because mm-hmm. it exists in its medium, but you can read other... Whereas, like, Control, the I way that it's this told is very novel-like. Or like a film. And yeah. there's And there's certain cinematic. ways. It's exceptionally cinematic. Which I would describe some books. I would describe House of Leaves as a fairly cinematic House of Leaves is book. exceptionally cinematic. Yeah. Um, uh, and it also, fuck, I completely, wow, okay. Um, and not only that, but the gameplay is so fluid and dynamic in a way that is just delightful and very enjoyable to play. Like, you gain different powers and learn different things as the game progresses. Um, and some of them you can go out of your way to do and are not required, but others, like, you have to in order to progress the game. And uh, you 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 gain, like, specific powers that you can use in a way that is exceptionally fluid and feels really natural and good to use. Um, and it's been a while. It, it feels sort of like how when Spider-Man 2 for the PS2 came out, how swinging webs felt back then. Like, it's that, it's that fluid yeah. Or and from usable. what I've heard about the new Spider-Man, how yes, Spider-Man... Yes, actually, it probably is. Um, and I'm just remembering how that specific feeling was when I was, yeah. like, that age and, like, how this feels now. Um, the combat is, uh, has still has yet to get repetitive. I think I'm only, like, 10 to 15 hours in, um... And it's 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 still enjoyable. Um, the dialogue is engaging. You don't necessarily have dialogue choices, but it's still like engaging, which I think is not very common for me anymore. I don't know. It's just um, it's one of the best new games that I've played, and I think that though there are no confirmed queer characters yet, I think it is an intensely queer experience. The main character, Jesse Faden, has... Sounds like a fake name. Something. It fucking might be. I don't know. That's such a fucking goofy name. I'm sorry. That sounds like a wonderful game, but Jesse Faden sounds like a like a roller derby name. Yeah, it does. Anyway, carry on. She has a secret that she keeps from everyone um, that, like, gives her power, um, as well as, like, is... Uh, uh, shameful and can hurt her if it's found out. And I'm like, hey, that's uh, sounds gay. gay do you to know? Me. Do you, the player, know what the secret is yet? Oh yeah, I know what the secret is, but I didn't at first. I yeah, don't tell me because I want to get I want to get my uh, over my fear of sp- spooky video games. Oh yeah, it's also spooky as fuck. Is the yeah, thing. that's it's the thing. Very it's very fucking X Files spooky. That it's, it's ve- that's it's very X Files. It's X Files spooky is what I've been comparing it to because I. I can watch X-Files, like, during the day, but, like, if I were to watch it late at night, I would get a little bit spooked. So you get spooked. Yeah, like, watching, I, I see you playing that game with, like, us all around in the middle of the day is a very different experience than playing it, like, by yourself Yes, in the I night. have previously played it by myself at night, and I've been like, oh, I see. This scary. This is how it is. There's a bunch of people just, like, kind of floating and glued to the ceiling who are, like chanting like signal decay shit back there's some serious signal decay shit and i know that's one of hannah's horror triggers yeah. for sure no me gusta um and that's part of the reason why i haven't been like hannah jump right into this because i know that's like one of your things that you don't want to yeah. experience necessarily and it's scary for me too like don't get me wrong it um but i've been finding that i can play it in like doses before my anxiety gets too much yeah. um 
and it's it's very good. Sick. I would fully recommend this game. I would. It looks awesome. I. It's very beautiful. Am. It's also a gorgeous game. My God, I I have no regrets about paying sixty dollars for this game. Excellent. Yeah, it's from what you were saying. People who are playing it on PC and like you know four K PS Oh my Pro God, shit people with PCs and the new graphics cards have been like whoa. But like even yeah. playing it, like I mean, we have a PS just a PS Four Slim. It's like got great processing power, mm-hmm. but it's not a PC. And just you know an old like a you know somewhat older model HD TV, yeah. like nothing to write home about. It's a perfectly great television. Yeah. It's just not the like new four K what the fuck ever yeah. shit. Um, and it's still, like, on our regular PS4 still and our regular nice. TV. It looks, like, those, even just the, like, in-game, not even the, those like... Those facial animations. Yeah, dude, the facial animations are My so God. good and so subtle. Yeah. Like, the, uh, the in-game cutscenes that aren't, like, the super cinematic cutscenes, they're yeah. just the, like, you've walked into this area and there's not going to be a loading screen, you just need to have dialogue with this character, are so seamless, and the facial animation, like, especially Jesse's facial animation is so good yeah it's no death stranding from what we who knows it's not out yet but it's it's really fucking it's really fucking pretty yeah it's gorgeous it's yeah. it's, it's one really of the smooth. better games that i've ever played in yeah. my whole life and i've played a lot of video games but this one really scratches a particular itch that i didn't realize that i wanted scratched in a video game yeah it's um, it's it's real pre- it's it looks amazing yeah. to watch yes yeah. Um, like, so, the combat looks so satisfying. Yo, yeah, it's very satisfying. To, like, satisfying. pick up shit and just launch it. Yeah. Psychic-like. I didn't want to spoil that power. That's literally in the ads for the game. Oh, fair. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's very fluid. Very yeah. good. This, the telekinesis kinesis is in the, the ads and trailers for the video game. So, okay, it's, kind of, it's kind of a big selling point of the video game, is that you're psychic. I hadn't seen the ads or trailers. I just literally saw Jeff say... The story of this game is great, and I read one of the stories, and I was like, "Oh." I knew nothing about the story or anything. I just, I literally saw an ad, like a targeted ad on my Instagram, or maybe it was a Polygon or an IGN post or something, but I think it was just a targeted ad on my Instagram, and I was like, whoa, that game looks cool, because I just saw that you could be a psychic bitch fucking launching chunks of concrete at enemies, and that's fun. I'm curious to see how it um, continues, because it definitely holds the uh, possibility for queerness within it. It's a, it's a, it's a Mass Effect, House of Leaves, what else do we see, Meow Wolf, SCP Foundation, X-Files, David Lynch. You, we had a, a, a debate, because you said it was Twin Peaks-like, but then both Henry and I pointed out that you have not seen Twin Peaks. I have no idea what Twin Peaks is like. It's not Twin Peaks-like, it is vaguely Lynchian, in that it's freaky and weird. Yeah. But it's, it's, to me, it's not that Lynchian. Well, some of the story elements, I am more familiar with Twin Peaks than perhaps I let on. <laughs> Very similar to Twin Peaks itself. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay, fair. And uh, some of the story elements and, like, plot points that are used in Twin Peaks happen in this game. So, okay. Like, some of the time fuckery and, like... Uh, it's a little bit of time fuckery in Twin Peaks. There's... Have you seen the most recent season? No. But I've seen Twin Peaks, and you haven't seen any Twin Peaks, is yes. all I'm pointing out. But I've, I've read a New lot of Twin, Twin Peaks. New Twin Peaks might have more time fuckery. Old yeah. Twin Peaks, I don't remember a lot of there's time There's some fuckery. time fuckery, and there's, you know, like, I think it's partially also the the interesting government stuff, and the, yeah. like, 
this might be happening somewhere else also sort of thing. Like, it sounds more like whatever New Twin Peaks is, but it definitely yeah, sounds it sounds it sounds like like New Twin Peaks and X-Files is what I'll say. Yeah, I think X-Files is a very solid comparison. X-Files is an excellent comparison, but it does remind me more of like David Lynchian style. Like, like if David Lynch directed the X-Files. If David Lynch did the X-Files, yeah, that's exactly what it would I be. I fuck heavy with that. I would love that idea. I mean, so, but this is like playing that in game form. Great. So, and recommended. Yes, I, I very much want to do want to play it. Uh, 9 out of 10 could be gay or still might be gay. So, pending. 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 10, 10 out of 10. Um, oh, what was I going to say about Lynch? About Oh, SCP Foundation, for those who don't Fucking know. Fucking love SCP Foundation. I'm sure it still exists. Let's go to yeah, the website right it now. Yeah, it does. It does still exist. I don't know if there's new SCPs being I out. think there might be because I was on the website semi-recently, like within the past two years, and I saw some new stuff in there because um, I have like occasionally this strong desire to read creepypasta yeah. and then I will read SCP it again. was was a little bit more of a cultivated creepypasta because yeah. it was its own because it had that frame narrative that kind yes. of kept it contained and so I think the quality was overall higher because mm-hmm. people working in constraints tends to produce better better work I'm very much of the Olipo school of thought and um and some poetic theory for everybody uh, the Olipo movement was yeah. Uh, explain yeah, what you mean. The Olipo movement was this school of uh, poets, uh, primarily in France, and it persists to, uh, into a lot of like postmodernist poets now. Like a lot of my professors, have very much, but of the school of thought where we're basically working in constraints pr- uh, produces better works. So that we get together in these salons where they would like find these crazy restraints to put on their work, like. You have to, like, there's this book that I really like called Alphabet by this poet called Inger Christensen. It's newer, but uh, it's not only every poem starts with a different letter of the alphabet, but every poem, like, there's, like, I think it uses the Fibonacci sequence in terms of how many lines the poem That's has. Cool. It's very cool. So it's, like, multi-constraints on that. And so then you're, like, right. It's like a puzzle, right? You, like, fill it in. Yeah. Um... And so, why did I talk SCP about... Foundation, SCP Foundation uh, yeah. has that frame narrative. Yeah, it had that frame narrative. So the, the conceit was the SCP Foundation is this, like, shady government organization. Arm of the government, yeah. And it's, uh, it's this, like, bunker slash... It's like a dark men in black where they just, like, hide the existence. Or any, you know, ex- whatever. It's, it's that function in a lot of fiction where they're hiding the existence of both, of, like, sort of non-specified paranatural forces like yes. they might be aliens it might be like demons like it's re- it's very unclear. it's all of the above yeah. arguably yeah yeah Ar- arguably that's the thing is it's like intentionally vague yeah. as to where it, and like the way that the format works is like they'll redact pieces of information that's what reminded mm-hmm. me so much about scp yeah. is like looking at the redacted documents in control watching yeah. the play um that they'll like there'll be big chunks of the thing redacted and like blacked out and so you have to be like oh and it makes it scarier in a lot of cases so there's some SCP Foundation entries that are, like, pretty, like, fun and lighthearted and funny. And then there's other ones that, that have are, stuck with me for years yeah, and haunted me. There's other ones that give me severe nightmares and panic. Like, there's some very, very scary. And I was reading a lot of SCP for some reason uh, as a freshman in college when I would be in my dorm room already pretty panicky alone. And I would just sit on the floor and, like, read SCP. So we should start reading SCP again, especially for Spooktober. Because yeah, I have should. a duty to my other podcast to be as spooky as humanly possible. What so else? we're going to talk about uh, the games that we're looking forward to this year. Because oh, yeah. this coming season has oh, a, it's a fuck ton of she, games. She's a doozy. She is certainly a doozy. So, Hannah, I am probably 
the most looking forward to. Uh, I retweeted this on our Twitter. Cyberpunk 2077 has just recently come out with the fact that because partially of the um, criticism that they received as a result for their advertisements that can be perceived as transphobic and um, their, like... Oh, I got a new tattoo. That's the other gayest thing I oh, did. Yes. When I, was in, I went to Belfast to get a new tattoo to seal my experience. That's very gay. And the history of uh, the cyberpunk franchise being blatantly transphobic, like we've talked about on the show before, where it says, you lose your hormone... <laughs> Humanity. Hormanity. Hormanity. <laughs> you lose... I was thinking of hormones. You yeah. lose your humanity for getting... Uh, uh, gender-affirming surgeries. Gender-affirming surgeries. Like, come on. Can come you get on. more blatantly transphobic than that? Like, they have now made it so you don't have to choose, like, male or female in character creation. You choose, like, what body type and what voice type you would prefer. Very similar to the Sims 4 character creation engine where it's like... Do you want this body shape or this body shape? And do you want your voice to sound like this or this? And it doesn't lock you into mm. certain, like, hairstyles or clothing choices or, like, And I like hope, that. too, that it doesn't lock you. Like, I hope that if you choose, like, you know, a quote-unquote feminine body type that you can have a beard and vice versa. I hope so, too. And we'll see because if they're really, uh, like, learning that lesson, then hopefully they will have made that choice yeah. as well. If anybody that's... has facial hair because... Who knows in the cyberpunk? Universe. Yeah, I, who knows if you can grow facial hair? Or if the radiation of the world has spread and prevented hair growth of all kinds. No, I'd be fine um, with that. I know you would, uh, but it's it's very exciting to me that um, we are in an era where people can provide thoughtful criticism of a thing, and that thing can be changed. Yeah. And I also think that making that switch in character creation engines is relatively easy, all things considered, mm -hmm. because you don't even have to necessarily get rid of, like, that choice. You can just sort of unlock... You just change the, yeah, you just change you just the change language. language and and then you unlock that uh, voice stuff yeah. and, like, the beard stuff. Uh, and that's... That's not hard. No, and that's pretty... Yeah, it is pretty rad that they... That uh, uh, CD Projekt Red heard that mm -hmm. and changed it. Hopefully it carries over into the rest of the game. Uh, yeah, because I'd be curious if your character is referred to with pronouns or things yeah. like that throughout the well, game. Well, and then <laughs> Kai and I had a discussion where... Because <laughs> he texted me this and I was like, see, and you were worried that you couldn't customize your character. Oh, yeah. And Kai was like, no, dude, that was you who was worried. And I was like... <laughs> No, dude, listen to the podcast. You were worried that you couldn't create the character, and I said it's probably like where you have to have a default shepherd to put on the the box, the the, yeah. the game case, whatever the box that the game comes in. Um, and so <laughs> that was an instance of Kai getting uh, her memories mixed up, getting With the yours. getting the two of us mixed up, which I have done before and will do again. I think the reason why I was concerned about that is because that was postulated uh, by a gaming website. Yeah, totally. Um, and I was like, oh, gosh. I just think I it would have been, it would have been pretty buck wild if the yeah, whole... Yeah, for an RPG. Well, for an RPG, and especially one where the whole, like, one based on a tabletop game where yeah, the whole where mechanic... Like, the, the, one of the cruxes of the mechanics yeah. of the game Cyberpunk 2020 is customizing your character. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very interested. I am... Buck wild excited for it. That's part of why I'm like making this push to beat Assassin's Creed Odyssey is because I want by the time Cyberpunk 2077 comes out, I want to like be 
ready and raring to go. Because I don't know how we're going to split up the game consoles in order to... We might have to buy it both for Xbox One and PS4 and me bring the Xbox One into my bedroom with I was my say, TV. That won't, that won't solve the problem. Uh, I mean, we could certainly do that. Um, we uh, Or we're going to have to buy a different PS4. <laughs> Which sounds outrageous. That does sound outrageous. But yeah, if you put the... That's a great idea, actually, if you put the Xbox One in your... Or I could put the PS4 in my room one way or another. I have a TV. Yeah, that's true. I'd have to... TV. Yeah. yeah, you plug it into your TV, play upstairs. I mean... I can play it in my wheelchair because I have now a mobile chair. Yes, you do. You already had a desk in office. It's not chair, as comfy though. as this. No, that's true. It's a comfy wheelchair. It's a very comfy chair. Um, yeah. So Cyberpunk 2077. We're I'm, very excited I'm for. buck wild excited for it. I'm even more excited now that I know that they uh, are uh, receptive to uh, critical criticism. Critical criticism. Critical criticism, maybe. Um, Borderlands Three is coming out. We're very in excited a about weeks. that as well. You more I'm than a, me. I am very excited. I am a little trepidatious because mm. I, I have a worry that I've sort of grown out of Borderlands because I replay Borderlands Two now and it's like nostalgic and I love it and whatever. But like I don't. I am excited for Borderlands Three. I don't find myself being like like Borderlands. I love the world of Borderlands, yeah. but it's never been like. The story is part of why I'm here, but you don't know what I mean? It's not like... They're games that are really fun, but they're not games that I'm like, holy shit, like... And this story is transcendental. Yeah. Although I, I do really like the story of Borderlands, too. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm going to probably wait until I hear a couple of reviews of it oh, yeah. to buy it. Because, like, Borderlands, the pre-sequel, was not good. No. Um, and so I'm hoping this one's good. And it's interesting that you can explore different planets and stuff. Like, yeah. If they make it a little bit more dynamic and, like, you can interact with the world a little bit more, I think that that will be a very interesting direction for them to go. Yeah. Because the game looks exactly the same. All Gearbox games look, it's like they found one graphic setting in 2005. And it fucking works for them. And it's still working for them. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit more fluid, but it's it looks basically the same as Borderlands 2 to me. So we'll and, see. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm curious about that. Um, we're also, uh, Death Stranding is coming out here soon, huh? Uh, right. I have no particular interest in Death Stranding. No, but I'm than, curious. Other than what it means for video games. And so yeah. I'm curious about that. Um, Untitled Goose Game is coming out in a couple weeks. Pokemon. Sun and Moon, or not Sun and Moon, sorry, Sword, Sword and, and Shield, Shield is coming out this fall, uh, which will be very, very, very good. I'm, I'm very, very excited. excited about it's, that as it's, well. I've heard it wonderful It looks things. like it's going to be a true Pokemon yeah. RPG. And that's all anybody's ever wanted. Like our whole lives. That's all anybody's been asking for since fucking nineteen ninety four. Yeah, everyone has always wanted a Pokemon RPG. Yeah. So it's gonna before anybody anybody even really knew what an RPG was. Yes. People wanted a Pokemon. People RPG. knew what like, uh, role playing games were in ninety four. That's true, but not as much in a, like video game RPGs weren't as much of a thing then. Fair. They were less fleshed out as a medium. I will. Yeah, agree. they were much. I mean, like one of the most important moments in RPG history, I will argue, was uh, 2011 at E3 when Skyrim came out. Well, yeah, that that changed the game for open world, but yes. there was still well established RPGs. Oh, I'm not one arguing of the, that. His, I was just yeah. thinking historically. Yeah, like, that, I mean that, that that was a moment changed the whole game for what RPGs, yeah. what people expect from RPGs. Exactly, and like it just made and it kind of swung way too far in the other, other direction than everything was open world. No, I'm, and I'm so fucking tired of. There's open a world time games. and a place. I mean, like someday I will sit down and I will play all of God of War and I will love it. And it is it is railroaded and that's part of what's good about it i like railroaded games we've talked yeah. about this before i miss railroaded games being that's more part of why i like tomb raider extent. the new tomb raiders so much yeah, and i keep trying to get you to play them yeah i know action I just... platformer rpgs that are the combat's very fun and they're super railroaded that's part of what i'm enjoying about control is it's sort of open but sort of railroaded in yeah. interesting ways i'm enjoying that quite a bit yeah um 
what the fuck was I about to say? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, fuck. I was just thinking about how RPG has become synonymous with open world after 2011 with Skyrim and after the games that blossomed off of that. And I just remember being there for that moment and being a kid and, like, being so stoked about that but having no idea what would come next. Totally, yeah. Because, like, the true, the true sort of genesis of RPGs was when Ocarina of Time came out. Mm-hmm. And then that came out, and everybody was like, holy shit, this is what video games can be. Oh, yeah, there have been a lot of moments throughout history where there have been, holy shit, this is what video games can be. And, and so, I don't think I've necessarily seen a game like that for a hot minute. And I'm very curious if Death Stranding, regardless of how good it is, will be gonna, is gonna have that, that moment. sort of yeah. moment that we'll get to witness, like, as more adults yeah. or whatever. Well, and, like, Zelda often leads the charge of, holy shit, this is what video Nintendo games Nintendo is one of the most, like, Because, um, like, Breath of the Wild. Groundbreaking. Breath of the Wild kind of took, yeah. took the way overdone format of the open world game and was like, hey, this is what open world can mm-hmm. be. You see that mountain over there? You can climb it. It's just going to take you a little while. Skyrim did that. Yeah, but, like, not as... It wasn't as... You know what I mean? Skyrim yeah, it is like, was, you can I know. fly up this mountain or whatever. Well, no, you can't fly the mountain. You have to glitch your way up some mountains. You That's what I'm saying. You can climb up mountains. Like, I don't know. This that, is like, that, you, get to, you get to physically watch... There's, like, no invisible video game walls in Breath of the Wild, and you get to, like, physically experience That's true. Everything. I do like the fact that there's no invisible video game walls. That's something yeah. that's definitely um, a shift. Um, so, so anyway, we're very excited about that. And something that I'm still very much looking forward to and also very grateful that didn't come out this year is the new Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited that Nintendo really stood up for its employees and was like, we're not going to force everyone to work 50 hours a week. Yeah, we're not going to force our employees to work overtime so this can come out this holiday season. Yeah. It's also, it's, it's, yes, we want to believe that they're like this benevolent video game company. It could also just be... A cost benefit of like they already have sun and moon or excuse me sword and shield coming out this year so they know they'll be fine but no, it's sure. still valuing they could have double profit this year but then it also spaces out their big blockbusters so they're gonna make more money yeah i don't spring. think that any big company uh for anything is benevolent because we live in a capitalist society and i'm no fool yeah. but uh i still am appreciative of the fact that this oh, will totally. hopefully save some uh fucking developers and engineers and like literally everyone that works on that yeah um some extra like oh totally stress. well it was the fact of the matter is they did a cost benefit and they decided that the cost of the employees was too high or yeah. that the, you know what i mean you know hopefully yeah it was it was definitely financial but it also could have been person-based nintendo is is kind of known for being the only video game company that actually gives a shit about human beings like even vaguely so yeah that even pretends to give a shit about human yeah. beings and that's why their consoles are not don't have like the best processing power or whatever but they are the most fun overall so nintendo's got some multi-faceted and the things most, but uh, i'm user-friendly i'm regardless i'm very excited for the new animal crossing um the other thing that we uh that is, I think, less important to us, stop, but the so sorry, the but the Nintendo Switch um, Lite came out mm-hmm. or is coming out, um, and that is supposed to be uh, really good for um, if you don't own a Switch yet, or if you have a kid, um, or if you're looking for like an even more portable Switch because apparently even holding this thing like the the screen is of similar size to the screen on the switch there's just like less shit taking up mm-hmm. space on the sides and you can't remove the little controllers and stuff yeah because it's a purely mobile it's a purely mobile switch. version of the switch and i hear it's very good for what it is yeah uh nintendo does a good job and it's of 200 that. bucks actually yeah. which is much cheaper than the original price point of the switch yes nintendo does a good job of like 
eventually at least coming out with like smaller more practical versions or like i don't know i think the switch is extremely practical but like smaller a little bit more accessible versions like they came out with the 2ds eventually yeah kind of thing and i think the screen is a little bit hardier on the switch Lite. could be don't quote me on that because the nintendo switch screen is pretty notorious for being easy to crack or break Mm. um and the switch is also a notoriously delicate console especially in comparison to the other stationary uh next generation consoles. well it's it might not even be that it's more delicate it might just be that it's the one that you're carrying around so of course it's it's more delicate than the 3ds Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then like handheld, it's, other handheld. It's hand-held more consoles. delicate than other handheld yeah. handheld consoles, and it's like more delicate than hypothetically it needs to be. Sure. Um, because of the given hardware is the argument. I see. Yes. Um, but Nintendo makes great consoles, hands down, I'm across sure the board, yeah. except for the uh, Wii U. Yeah, well, we don't talk a, about that. They've had a couple of stinkers, yeah. but for the most part, haven't we all? But then they they brought it back around. They were like, okay, nobody liked that, so we'll di- we're going to take that idea and push it further. In a Again, cycle. companies fucking listening to uh, constructive criticism. Tell yeah. you what, that's one of my well, favorite also things. listening to nobody bought their damn products. Yeah, so. that, that's a form of constructive criticism. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, should we wrap this this bad boy up? Oh yeah, we should. So this has been a fun game of catch up with your uh, two your favorite, best friends, your favorite podcast, your host. favorite podcast hosts. Podcast host podcast and your favorite host. podcast wherever she went. After, she's right oh, there she's in her chair. She's she lost interest in, in bothering us. So after we kept to, pushing her away. She just went to go to sleep. Yeah, which she got annoyed and then left. Um, I've been Kai. I've been Hannah. And you can find us on social media at Gay Gamers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's Gay Gamers with a Z, G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z on mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you could email us if it's gay we play at gmail.com with your questions, concerns. We would love to hear uh, what you're most excited for. Uh, in yeah, this, this, this fall is a big this season. This bounty, bountiful harvest of games. Uh, they've gone out to the game fields, and the game farmers have brought us back a bountiful game harvest. Yes, thank you, the, game farmers. Autumnal season. So let us know what you're most stoked for. Tell us what you're dreading. Yeah, tell us what you're <laughs> least stoked for. Tell us both. Um, yeah. Tell us what a hot girl summer you've had, too. I want to hear about yeah. your hot girl summer activities. It's so goddamn hot in our house and whole life i'm just like in the city of denver it's a hot girl summer yeah you know where it wasn't scotland yeah it was so nice there. it was so pleasant um yeah take me back to yeah i would like if you'd like to raise funds to send us back to scotland we let's get, start let's, a gofundme for us start that a GoFundMe says, for us send the host of mc we play to scotland to live in scotland, to live in scotland. we need fifty thousand american dollars yeah to afford to do that. Let us know what we could do about that. Or if you want to be our glucose guardian. Yeah, if you want to, yeah, if you want to be our, um, our, our... International daddy. Yeah, our, our, uh, uh, mysterious benefactor. That's the words <laughs> I was looking for. Please let us know at ifxqplay at, at gmail.com. Or DMing us on any of those places, you can... Slide in. You can listen to us wherever you get podcasts. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your pets. Rate, review, and subscribe tell your on enemies eyeball to, to, podcast. Yeah, to an eyeball podcast. <laughs> um, so that they can find us wherever, that you can find us and they can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Be it Spotify, be it uh, podcast, whatever the fuck, be it uh, Apple Podcasts. That's what Google it's called. Play. Google Play, yeah. Um, and if ratings, reviews, subscriptions, we really, really appreciate them. They warm the cockles of our hearts. 
Um, and that's all that we have to say today, I think. You can listen to our other podcasts on the network. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, no, we Stick got poke way prod. Stickpokeprod.com. Um, such as? No Exit, which is a podcast I host with my friend Wendy, and we watch. I watch a bunch of horror movies for the first time because I used to hate horror and now I'm growing to like it. We're just trying to spook me, and Wendy's just taking me on a deep dive through horror, the horror genre, which I've avoided uh, for 26 years of my life. And I'll be a guest on the next two episodes. Yeah, so come check us out. Uh, you can also listen to By the Grace of Pod. Hot! Where a lot of goofs are being made by producer Aaron and uh, some other fun folks. Uh, thank you to Aaron, our producer. He's not here right now, but he is our producer. And, and we love him. he also composed our theme song. You can find his music uh, he is Diane, uh, and I don't really know if he has anything. Anymore, <laughs> I don't know but, where you can find it, but, but it's there. At the very least, he, I don't know. Check it. Try and check him out. Um, Orpheus just happened. Yes, and you can probably look it up that, and then find him from there. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? We we should stop talking about things we don't know anything about. I think it's funny, but uh, yeah, we're we're very we're very thankful to you, Aaron, for a variety of things, um, including this. Yeah, we gotta go clean our pool now. So we love you. We love you, and keep playing gay. Keep being games. And fuck, fuck shit, shit up. up. Goodbye. Bye.